So movies are always on my mind, and I tried my best to keep up with movie news. And when I heard during Con earlier this year that a new George Miller film with Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba was going to be coming out, and it was called 3,000 Years of Longing, I had heard nothing but good things, especially for the fact that it was said it was incredibly horny and erotic. <laughs> and, you know, you put those two words in Idris Elba together, I mean, and Tilda Swinton, and you think it's going to be a recipe for success, I come bearing the opposite news. So I saw 3,000 Years of Longing today, and I was confused um, and debating on whether or not I should even talk about this, but I cannot stop thinking about this, and this is literally what I want. You know, I do this for myself, um, and so if I want to talk about this movie, I'm going to, and that's what we're here to do today. So we're going to talk about the synopsis, get into all the spoilers, and then get into the history behind it and share my thoughts about it. Um, but I'll give you a little bit of a explanation before... I mean, there's not really any spoilers, but I know that there are some things that I guess could be a little bit um, revealing. So I'm just going to give you a brief synopsis. It is about a scholar. Um, I think she... Uh, Tilda Swinton's character, Alethea... I think she called herself like a narrativologist, narrativologist, narratologist, um, someone who deals with literary literature and focuses on like the narratives of it. I believe. Um, I mean, I think all you need to know is that Tilda Swinton has a job in literature. Um, but with that being said, she travels to Istanbul to do a like sort of like a TED talk with her friend, I suppose. Um, and she gets on the plane, gets to Istanbul. Um, someone touches her and things start to get a little weird she is followed by things that um make no sense really and then she goes to buy a a glass jar and just think of aladdin i mean that's pretty much all there is um but this movie was interesting i definitely i've heard multiple parallels to aladdin and i think that just stems from the fact that there is a genie or the arabic word jinn um which i would like to get back into later um but in this movie idris elba plays a jinn and he is sharing his stories um and sort of his fables and sharing the importance of telling stories to prevent things from happening once more I mean, as far as theming goes, I don't. This is not a rom com. I think it's more fantastical and magical than anything else. Um, I don't th think you could call it a drama. Um, I got a lot of similar feelings to when I watched The French Dispatch, which I also did not enjoy. Um, it was vignette styles um, and numerous stories going and being told. And so, if that's your type of thing, I think that you're going to like this. I am not a fan of that whatsoever. Um, and the entire time I couldn't help but thinking, like, I couldn't help but think that this would be great as, like, on Broadway. It would be great in the theater, um, and not so much as cinema because, you know, the cinematography was great. And, of course, the effects were great. The editing was wonderful as Steve Miller's wife, um, I, Steve Miller? Who the heck is that? Um, George Miller's wife did the editing once more. Um, and so that was really impressive. It was beautifully done. The acting was well done. I just did not really enjoy this story. And with its vignette style, it really did lack the structure of a movie. Um, there was no main antagonist. There was no real main plot or conflict of interest. Or I didn't want. I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what I wanted to agree with because I don't know. There wasn't a real issue with the movie. There wasn't a um, antagonist. So. 
it felt a little lackluster that way. Um, but before I get into more about how I feel about it, I want to talk about the historical side about it. Um, because with it taking place in Istanbul, there were, I wouldn't say many, but there were some indications of this being Islam or, um, you know, of Arabic descent. Um, and when I say that, I'm being very generous because I had to do my research after because I feel like George Miller did a very shoddy job um, explaining and respecting the culture that it's from. Um, so jinn are of Arabic, of Arabic descent and they are from the Quran. And so they are, they're not malevolent, they're not benevolent, they're just neutral um, beings who, similar to in the movie, um, sort of form as genies. They usually... Um, haunt I guess or like approach poets which um I see similarities to in the film but I was frustrated because I feel like I had to do so much of my own research after and that George Miller took an Islamic idea and value and principle and completely honestly completely removed it from its culture and I think that is appropriation um you know there were some hints of Idris Elba's genie, Jen character, genie character, um, being a God-fearing person, but that's not really indicative of what the jinn is itself, and there were, you know, um, like, people, sultans and things like that, so, you know, Arabic royalty, but there was nothing really pointing to this correlation to a religion, and I feel like if you are going to be talking about something from a religion, it is extraordinarily important that you correlate it back to its culture and that it's not up to the audience or that it's not up to oh yeah this is definitely gonna happen to a white british woman you know um and i am not muslim and i am not going to speak on a muslim person's like religion or anything like that but as a jewish person i know that i really hate when um goys talk about dibuk boxes or dibik boxes because they have no idea what they're talking about and they completely remove the religious aspect about it and that's what it's for you know Dibbic boxes are religious, they are Jewish, and so it's not fair for a goy to sell them on eBay with the Shema on the back. You don't even know what the Shema is, um, so I think it's hilarious that that was put on the back of a Dibbic box and sold in 2012 on eBay. This goy sold it and to Post Malone, apparently, and it got haunted. Um, but I feel frustrated when, you know, my religion is... <laughs> like made into a spectacle and it's made into something that is just commonplace no it's religious keep it as such and so i again do not want to speak over a muslim person or their experience with this film because i'm not sure but i know that with my own religion i get frustrated with things like that and so personally i wish that it paid more homage to its credence and its culture and its foundations um, and so that was a large issue I had. Um, I also, there were just a lot of flaws. I just did not think it was the most interesting film. It was only 90 minutes. I felt it dragging out a long time, and I was extremely bored. Um, so I gotta be honest, that was difficult. Um, as I said before, the plot is just weird. There's no, um, you know, like that plot structure you learn in, like, <laughs> writing class where it's like, oh, the exciting exposition, inciting, inciting incident, the exposition, the climate, like, all of that type of stuff. Um, there was none of that. We had the inciting incident, we were missing the climax, we were missing the resolution. It just felt... There were multiple points, I'm like, okay, is it gonna end now? Is it gonna end now? Just because it felt very unfinished, and I felt like it could have stopped at numerous points, and you still would have had the same amount of information. Um, and that's not something that I feel like is good when you are having a film like this. Um, but it might want to just be, like, a hallucinatory daydream. I think that it was supposed to be sprawling, but that's not my type of film. 
it's not even like an A24, like nothing happens film. Like it really just is confusing because there's no conflict in this story of what I'm aware of. Um, and with that also being said, there was, I would say, noticeable. I wouldn't say, I don't want to be kind and say, and not say that it's copious. Um, but I did see some blatant fat phobia and that was extraordinarily frustrating to see. Um, and it was frustrating because I saw this in a movie theater and when fat people were on the movie, like people inherently thought that their existence as a fat person and to be naked was funny. And so, um, with Ibrahim, um, the youngest, the Sultan's youngest son, I believe, I think it was in, oh, I forgot his, um, brother's name, but if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about, and I, I guess if you're still listening, um, I will probably be talking a little bit more in depth, it's not gonna be a huge spoiler, but I would just watch out if you're, um, wary, but in Ibrahim's story, um, he apparently has a fetish for fat women because he is to bear a son and he believes that those are the women best capable to do so which is not only dehumanizing and trivializing fat women's um existence you know fat women no woman exists just as a sexual object and i'm really tired of the idea that oh yeah it's so empowering to be no it's not it's not empowering to be a sexual object stop trying to force that but anyways that's a tangent um ibrahim is looking for a fat woman to um one of his what is it called it's not a consulate it's a Oh my gosh, I've seen, like, so many apps for this. Um, well, it's sort of like a prostitute, I would assume. Um, there's a word, and it starts with a C. It's not confidant. I cannot remember. But, um, so, in the story, if you've seen it, you would know that for a while, Idris Elba's glass bottle gets stuck underground, and he needs someone to find it so he can be let out. And, oh, who better to find the bottle than all of these fat women, right? And so... I'm oh my gosh this is fat phobic so I would just be wary (laughs) but um they find the bottle because it's tucked under the tile and surprise surprise the woman is so fat that when she falls it cracks the tile and voila there it is um and that was I like I just I can't I can't freaking fathom the fact that we're still doing this in movies who thought this was okay like who said yeah this is a really good idea I don't it wasn't even supposed to be funny i don't think it it was just pathetic in my opinion and blatantly fat phobic um aside from that as i aforementioned people um (laughs) men in my theater when they saw the naked fat woman they laughed and as if the idea of a fat person being naked is so funny um that made me seethe and that made me very angry um and so i'm frustrated with that part just it just seemed inconsiderate to fat people and this movie seemed inconsiderate to Islamic people. Um, yeah, I, I also just didn't think that Idris Elba and um, Tillis Winton had good chemistry, personally. Um, it just wasn't impressive. I didn't really believe it. Um, I also think that I have weird feelings about Tilda Swinton because she looks like my mom. And for a while, I really resented Tilda Swinton. And I was like, why do I hate her so much? Well... We know now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this film, I'm not sure why people love it. Um, it seems pretty plotless. Um, but if that's your thing, you you might like this. Um, it's a beautiful film. I don't think the aesthetics are everything, though, and I can't watch a film purely for aesthetic reasons. 
Um, and this film just did not deliver. I was really excited. I love fantastical things. Like, I love absurdism. Um, but I like absurdism in the plot, you know? I, I think it's cool to have bright colors and everything. But if that's the only thing that's unique about it, I'm not a fan of it. Um, and I'm not. <laughs> um, but I also have a little funny story for you. Um, I was so excited in the beginning because I was like, oh my gosh, is this Turnstile? Are they playing Alien Love Call by Turnstile in this film? I was like so excited. And then I listened closer. I'm like, hmm. Oh, it was coming from my phone. So my phone was playing my music. Um, and I got excited over my phone <laughs> playing a song that I know. So that was probably my favorite part of the movie was me pranking myself into believing that there was a rock song on it that I like. So if that tells you how anything about this film, well, I, I sure hope that it does. I hope that it gives you all the information that you could ever need. <laughs> um, but not a huge fan of it. I know that it, like, I, I, I think that if you want to hear more about it or just even a little bit more of a synopsis, Amanda the Jedi did a con film festival like talk about and so if that would help you i think that'd be a good film to um good youtube video to watch but that's pretty much all there is it seemed very long for being 90 minutes um but you know i haven't seen mad max by george miller and i haven't seen happy feet so i don't think that i can really talk about his work as a director or correlate it to what he's done before but so far i'm not impressed um i really am a huge fan of his wife though because she seems like such a girl boss and i love that she got the oscar for editing mad max so call me um a misandrist for supporting a woman that i don't know and i'd be happy to call myself that as well but i mean that's pretty much it i feel like so often i just go around and around and talk about the same talking points but that's pretty much all there is um it's this podcast was as eventful as a movie was and so um you know watch it if you want to let me know how you like it i know that like demi adejuegbe on um letterboxd who i'm really really a huge fan of um really like this film and he said some things that i could agree with but all those things that i agreed with didn't make it a good enough movie to me and so pardon me i would probably give this a two out of five stars um i was not a fan of it but i hope that it does find its right audience and that it is appreciated because you know the actors do a good job so with that being said i hope that you are doing amazing and enjoying indie films you know getting ready for that spoopy season um halloween is my favorite 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 time of year and we're also getting closer to the one year anniversary of hell yeah horror um, i'm not going to refer to it as its previous name because but if you've been along if you've been around that long to know what hell yeah horror's first name was um i'm gonna give you a big old kiss on your forehead right now telepathically so you're welcome um sorry if i got lipstick on your forehead (laughs) um but i'm really excited thank you for listening to my thoughts um and i'll be talking about orphan first killed next so i'm looking forward to it all right see ya bye